Uh, again, this is everyone, this is season two with a special, special guest today, Samir Jabari. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank was, you very uh, much for uh, um, having me here today. It's a beautiful weather outside. So yes, it's amazing. I've enjoyed my journey coming here. I um, I really liked, you You won the public speech award in DTAC. Yes. 2018, yeah. right? What I really liked about it was you talked about this unsingle me. Yes. You guys should watch it. It's actually... Uh, uh, quite funny, and I have another question about it. But, <laughs> yeah. but why did you choose? Why did you choose the topic about this, like the pressure of getting married? What, what was the reason behind that? When I first started uh, my public speaking journey, and for the competition, I had a mentor, and um, I sat down with my mentor one one time in a coffee shop. That was like the first time we meet, and for me, I have no experience anything to do with public speaking. And they just said, "Hey, this mentor, she's good. She'll." She'll put you there. I'm like, okay, fine. So we sat down together and I told her, okay, so what am I going to talk about? She's like, no, you tell me what you're going to talk about. I'm like, you're my mentor. You're supposed to tell me what am I going to talk about? Like, you know, we, I have in two weeks, the contest starts. Like I need to be ready in two weeks. You had two weeks to prepare? Yeah, it was just two weeks before the actual contest starts. Um, And for three days, I just meet with her. She sits down there, sips on the coffee, and she just tells me, yeah, what are you going to talk about? And then I ask her, and she says, no, no, you tell me, what are you going to talk about? So for these days, we're just like chatting, and I'm just talking about my daily life, normal things that I go through every single day, you know. At one point, you know, my marriage pressure hmm. surfaced, and I said a few things, and all she needed to do was just like put her hands on it, like, stop here, that's interesting. And that's when I realized, I'm like, well, that's a big part of my life and a big part of a lot of people that I know. And that's something definitely it can touch everyone because everyone goes through it. Whether through. you're married, you're not married. If you're married and you don't, you probably went through it. You know, yeah. if you're not married, probably you're going through it now. Yeah. But it's something that everyone can relate to it and it's light and it can be funny at some point. And for yeah. a humorous competition, I'm like, okay, let's find out how we can make this funny. Making it from pressure to uh, oh nice so you you sat, you went away and you tried to make it in a stand up comedy kind of style yeah this is what I noticed yeah right? this is this is the other thing in in Toastmasters especially because they have this category which is humorous speech at the end of the day it's a speech it's a little mm. bit different from from the stand up comedy in the stand up comedy you don't have um, there is no uh, structure you can be talking about your childhood and yes. then you can move down to when you were working at the office two days ago, and then you can talk about your friend. So there's no structure, as long as you just make the people laugh, right? There's no specific structure. But in, in Toastmaster Humorous, you have a theme, you have a story, a structure, beginning, middle, end, and you're sticking to that yeah. same. Yeah. But in that speech, there is a lot of jokes. So it, it, end up, it, it ends up to be something similar to stand-up comedy. Yeah. That's why it's like everyone's like, can you do stand-up comedy? I'm like, well, I can do anything. <laughs> I really like it. And um, my next question to you from this topic, actually, what, what advice would you give to people who are afraid of public speaking? With that, I mean, allow me, probably, I'll just tell you the story of how it started with me. That might, you know, lead to the answer of this question. So the, the, the way how I started with public speaking, I, I never knew that I can be in that field of doing public speaking. But it happened... Um, it was late 2017. I saw a video for uh, a public speaker. He's a Toastmaster as well. His name is Mohammed Al-Ghahtani. And 
the power of word his speech was. He won the first public speaker worldwide, and the, he reached to the last level oh, wow. of Toastmasters, and um, uh, it was in Las Vegas. He's Saudi, and he won the first place. And I watched his speech, and I'm like, I don't know what this guy's doing, but he's just so cool. I want to be like him at some point. But yeah, talking in front of people, that was not something that I, um, maybe two, three maximum. Yeah. But then like I keep overthinking, I get nervous and all this like sweating and heartbeats and you see stars and you don't hear anything. You just hear yourself breathing. You're, you feel your hands are getting too long and all that things that happens to you when, when you do public speaking generally. So at some point it was uh, to early 2018. I heard there was an event and they were bringing Mohammed Al-Ghahtani to Abu Dhabi. Oh, okay. So I was like, no, let me go see. At that point, I didn't know what, what, what Toastmaster is. I have no idea. So I went and I joined and I, uh, it was like a nice big stage and just audience all over. So went there, I sat down all by myself and he just spoke for about maybe 30 minutes and he told his story. He's coming out from a person who stutters, he cannot speak in front of people. He had difficulty speaking, just not even to a f one person and he's a stutter and how he made that journey all the way until he reached to where he is as a world champion in public speaking. I was so inspiring, but I was like, okay, that's good. Yeah, you can just clap and then amazing. Anyway, so Mohammed Al-Ghahtani finished and another lady came up and she said, okay, now it's time for table topics. I'm like, okay, table topics. So in Toastmasters, they, they have this category called table topics mm -hmm. where they just have a ball and there's papers inside. Okay. And then you need to go up to the stage, you pick one paper and there's a question. And then you don't read it, but the person who gave you the question will read it for you twice only. And then straight away, you need to speak for two minutes about it. So me sitting with the audience up there, hearing the concept when she explained it, I started sweating already. <laughs> like, I, like I'm not you part of it. Yourself. Yeah, yeah, I just imagine myself. I, I started sweating already. I'm like, you, good luck for whoever is gonna be there, you know. And then she just looked at the audience. She's like, okay, we want some, you know, volunteers. Who, who wants to join? Volunteers, please come to the stage. Please try. And I'm like, mm, no. So one person went. I heard the question. It made me even more nervous. And then second person made me even more nervous and i can hear, feel like my heart beats you know the third volunteer she asked for i had two guys next to me that i don't know very random i went there by myself very random they just looked at me with a big smile they're like yeah, go 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 try it's so fun and they started pushing me and i'm like i don't even know you guys leave me alone you know like what do you want they're from not me? even your friends they're yeah. not I was like, no 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 go go it's very fun everyone go 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 but just to kind of stop them from poking me and saying, go, go, go. So I raised my hand and straight away she launched a Oh, we have a volunteer here, come, come, come. I'm like, okay, what did I put myself into? So I go up to stage and every step I'm taking and I'm just like, what did I do? What did I do? Why? I go to stage and I see Mohammed Al-Ghahtani, the world champion public speaking in front of me. He's just looking at me like this with a smile and everyone else. And I'm like, okay, what am I going to do now? So I picked the paper and the question was 
What is the one thing that you want the people to remember you with when you leave? <laughs> like, this is the worst thing ever. It's like you the know? worst thing. That couldn't <laughs> be any other question yeah. other than that. So after the question, I didn't hear that. They asked you twice. So the first time I was so nervous. I didn't really hear the question. All I heard was like, and I'm like, say it again, please. She said the question again. And then she says, the floor is yours and you have the microphone. And then quiet, quiet. And I'm just looking around and I'm like, okay, what am I going to do now? And then I said between me and myself, Shuf, you have two options. On stage? Yeah, <laughs> between me and myself. You know, I'm like, Shuf, you have two options. It's either you talk or you leave the stage and probably you're going to regret it for the rest of your life because that's so embarrassing. I'm like, okay, what am I going to do? I'm going to bring it to my territory. I just created this thing. I don't know if it even exists as a rule. I said, I'll bring it to my territory. I'll speak about something that I know. Yes, they asked me a question. I'll find a way to bring it to what I know. I know about photography, filmmaking, you know, media, all these stuff mm -hmm. that I know. I'll find a way and bring it to my world and then I can speak for a bit. Only two minutes, but they feel like they're two hours. I started talking. I'm like, hello, everyone. My name is Samir and I, I love photography and filmmaking. And, uh, and I'm looking at everyone, everyone is just like smiling yeah, at, at least me, they were you know? smiling, yeah. yeah, they're smiling at me and I'm like, and SubhanAllah, like, I don't know what happened to me. Just something actually hit me. And I looked up there and I'm like, wait, what is the one thing that you want the people to remember you when you leave the room? How many people in your life you've met, Emirati, and they're called Samir, I was just about, by the way, I swear to God, I swear to God. No, 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 no. Close the show, Done. I swear to God, I was going to ask this question. When I was doing research, I'm like, yeah, his name is, it's not Emirati, it's Adi, but I mean, it's not Samir. Exactly. Awesome. And I just saw like, you know, the, the crowd just like, they couldn't stop laughing. Everyone was just like, and you straight away, you gain a little bit of confidence and boost. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, break the ice. I'm like, 100% in a million years, if you told me, Samir Al-Jabri, there is only me, you will remember me for sure. <laughs> so I left the stage. I finished my two-minute speech. There was five speakers that spoke, and I got the first place. <laughs> oh, my God. This is so funny. And from there, when I joined the club, Toastmaster, for the first meeting, that's when they had the humorous uh, competition. And they just looked at me, oh, you want the one that would do the, okay, you will represent our club, yellow go. I'm like, wait, this is the first day, you know, like, I don't know, like, no, 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 there is a good mentor, she's very good, she will teach you everything, you'll be fine. And that's how it started. Now, getting back to um, your question. <laughs> Which was <laughs> the, but I'm teaming, because of the advice. <laughs> well, they asked about the advice. Yes. 20 well, minutes later, yeah. Throughout all this journey, I've learned one thing. If you speak about something that you love, if you speak about something that you're connected with, nothing can shake you on stage. Mm. If you tell me, go up on stage and speak about, I don't know, some mechanical, technical thing, or like statistics from work or whatever it is, I'm going to be, you know, 
not very comfortable. I'm going to be shaky and whatever. Speaking about, you know, this whole pressure about marriage, speaking about my name, speaking, people, they feel very connected to you. And definitely, you need to know one thing. You feed off the people's energy that's in the room. Mm-hmm. So if you start by giving them heaps of a lot of, like, you know, positive, good energy, they will send that back to you. You will feel very comfortable. Technically, in terms of, like, technicality, the one thing that helped me on stage, because until today, I still get, like, you know, yeah. nervous and all that. Rehearse, rehearse, rehearse. The speech you saw, how you unsingled me, I've, while I'm sleeping, I was doing it. Actually, I was one, t- <laughs> one time, and I'm afraid of fights. And one time we were in a production, uh, recce or like a scout. Yeah. Uh, for Six Underground, one of the movies that we worked yeah. on. And I was asked, because I work in locations, I was asked to, I have to be on the, on the, chopper yani with them flying and uh, it was uh, a very uncomfortable one i have to say it's a little bit of uh, the, the type of it is confidential yani but you've seen it in the movie yeah, yeah. the whole time i was just like okay i cannot deal with this the doors are open and we're just going left and right in a chopper and i cannot deal with that so i just started rehearsing my speech <laughs> while i was there so i'm just closing my eyes i'm like i'm thinking me and then the, the location manager and the production manager, they all looked looked at me and was like, is he praying? What is he doing? <laughs> like, I'm like, no, I'm using my time to rehearse my speech. So that was one uh, example. While I'm driving, okay. I'll do it again. Before I sleep, I'll do it again. And I keep doing it again and again and again and again. Until you feel that it's, without thinking about it, you're you're just gonna yeah. say your speech. Yeah. Okay, with time, you you, you teach yourself how to be comfortable with it. But if you just think that you can wing it off and just, you know, improvise on stage, uh, maybe some people can do it. But if you're not comfortable like me, I'm, I'm not a person who's really comfortable speaking in front of people. What helps me with that is rehearse, speak about something that you're connected with when it's from the heart, it's from you. It, it will just connect with people, you'll feel comfortable rehearse, practice it, you know, look at it, have people, you know, telling you opinions about it, see, and then just go with it. Enjoy, enjoy the time, like really enjoy the time on stage. That's, that's awesome, man. It's very, very clear uh, kind of uh, steps that people can follow. I appreciate that. Thank, Thank you so you. much. Thank you. Thank you. Um, another question for you. So I mentioned earlier, uh, this is a random question, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned earlier um, that uh, you have a biker group. Can you and it's called Throne Clutchers. Can you explain what's the what's this what's the name what's, about? What's, what's, what's why what's Throne Clutchers? Like, well, I Throne Clutchers. So aggressive, man. <laughs> throne, well, Throne Clutchers. Throne Clutchers. Um, but that, like, okay, to start with, as as bikers, we have a lot of biker groups here. Yeah, no, that'd be right. There's a lot, and and me and my very close friends, we've been together. Uh, for like more than 20 years, we skate together, I used to skate. And so we had this closed group together and, and we had a lifestyle of skating together the whole time. And then we got to university and everyone had his own life. So we parted a little bit and then bikes brought us back again. Mm. Now there's a lot of groups and every group will tell you, hey, come join us, come be with us, da da da. 
The only thing is, I myself didn't like the many rules that these biker groups put. You know, you can't do this, you can't do this, you have to do this, you can't do this. I'm like, but you, you're taking the whole fun of it. You know, the whole idea behind it, you know, and, and you see, usually they all tell you, you know, it's all about brotherhood, we're all together, we're all bikers. Yeah, but it just seems to be, at some point, it's just like a job. Well, you apply for it, you tell me what bike you have, and you know, and, 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 and then you have to, one time you don't join the ride, like, oh no, you didn't join the ride, and warning, you know, next time you have to come. Oh, really? The, yeah, all these rules that they put, we, I didn't like it, my friends didn't like it, so we didn't join any group. And then at some point we're like, you know what? Let's create our own group. Stick together. We've been together from the beginning. We'll stick together. We'll create our own group. It doesn't need, I mean, to some other groups, it's about the number. Oh, we're 80, 90, 100. To us, we're like six. Done. No one is going to join. Anyone wants to join, you must present a photo with all of the members 15 years ago. Oh my God. <laughs> That means you knew us since then. So, okay, then you can be with us. Otherwise, no, because it's all about the relationship. At Throne Clutchers, it was a long brainstorm session. You know, like, you know, there are so many groups. There's so many groups. At the, to us, we're like, you know what? We're on top. We're Throne Clutchers. <laughs> you know, we, we're, we're on top of everyone. And then, of course, we're like kind of like the Clutchers and the Clutchers from Clutch, you know, bike, mm. clothes. The throne clutches that we take the thrones from everyone, you know. Yes. And then it just happened. I mean, I like it was kind of like a joke, but it really turned out to be as a serious, um, like a real brotherhood. Like we take care of yeah. each other, even when we're not on our bikes. Uh, I want. I will get into film a little bit, um, but I had I had a question on on yourself personally. Where do you feel you work better in front of the camera or behind the camera? Good question. Um, it changes with time, really. I mean, for the longest time, I was behind the camera uh, yeah. until probably I was 23, 24, maybe. Uh, I was always the technical guy. I think I love to be behind the camera. Um, but then things started to happen uh, with me and brought me in front of the camera. And that's when I was like, eh, that's actually interesting. And I started, you know, the the very first time was probably uh, presenting a TV show called Shutebi. Oh wow! Um, yeah, that was awesome. the that was the first time. So every year we used to go to Cannes Film Festival as part of my job, and um, we had the UAE Pavilion and Abu Dhabi Pavilion. And I said I do locations, so I'm just standing there at the reception, and everyone that comes in from the filmmakers, I just talk to everyone. I was like, Hey, did you know in Abu Dhabi we have this and we have mm. this location? It's amazing. If you want to do this, we can do that. And then one producer walked in and she's like, I'm talking, talking, talking. She's just looking at me and I'm like, this woman is not interested in what I'm saying. She's just like looking at me. And at the very end when I finished, like, so you'd like to come to Abu Dhabi? She's like, I'm from Abu Dhabi. This is my business card. We need to meet. Have you presented before? I'm like, <laughs> straightforward producer style. I'm like, hey, never. I never produced. Are you interested? I'm like, if you see something in me, I might be interested. She's like, okay, great. That's my business card. Call me when you're back in Abu Dhabi. Reached Abu Dhabi, I called her. I met her with uh, another lady. Apparently, she was the director. She's like, So we're starting next Friday. <laughs> next Friday, I thought you'd do some sort of a casting before. It's like, No, 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 no. You're good for the role. You're going to start next week. 
And that was the beginning of that journey in front of the camera. Wow. That presented the I show. I think you already asked my next random question. Which I'm was, good in this, isn't it? Like, he's, he knows what they are. Um, <laughs> because my next question was like, what's the turning, what was the turning point in your life? I mean, this seems like one of uh, one turning point, but is um, there something else? Um, yeah, I, get, I believe, I mean, there's so many different yeah. turning points, but I think maybe the very first one that happened to me was, I was always interested in filmmaking and photography and media yeah. in general. Like I even used to do some sort of like a radio shows back in the days when I was in, in before even high school. And I just love all these kind of music, sound, um, cameras, you know, the, the whole idea behind being able to freeze the moment and come back to it with photography was just like mind blowing for me. So all this kind of media stuff, I, I liked it. and. It was my way of expressing my feelings. My brother bought a new car. I'd just take the camera, I'd go film it, put some music and make something out of it. Um, I don't know, I learned a new dance. I would just go bring the camera, put it before this like new Instagram age, you know, like I put like a full on stereo, I press play so I can get the music and all that. So I used to do all these things when I was um, younger and a kid. And then at some point I finished high school and with all that. Yeah, I finished high school and then, well, the question was, okay, where are you gonna go now? What are you gonna study? So my family um, suggested a business IT. And I was like, oh, it's good uh, future. There's a lot of, you know, jobs and all that. And then my uh, brother and sister, they kind of planted this idea and mm -hmm. my mind was like, what about you work in something that you love? So you work on something that's like. uh, normal idea. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, you like it. And at the same time, you can make money out of it. You know, at some point, why not? And it is a field. Like you go to the university, it's legit. Like in the university, mm -hmm. there's something called media and you can study filmmaking and all that. So I was like, yeah, maybe let's see. I've adjusted business, uh, IT, everything is fine. And then I went to the university, they won um, higher college technology and I saw by coincidence my friend who was passing in front of me in the, in the corridor. I was like, hey, Saeed, how are you doing? Is everything is good? Yeah, yeah. I was like, where are you going? He's like, I'm going to the class, first class. I'm like, where? He's like, in the studio, media. I'm like, I'll come with you. I want to see it. <laughs> so we go there. I saw the studio, which is as amazing as this place. And I just saw lots of knobs and cameras and lights. And yeah, I'm like, no, okay. So I went back to the registration desk. I'm like, can I change please my major? <laughs> I changed my major to media. And I think that was the best, the best decision I've ever taken in my life. And it just took me further. I mean, it made me follow my passion yet also you can say making money out of it. Yeah. How crazy would it have been if you didn't make that decision? Oh, I would have been like a very IT techie person, probably stuck in a room and in yeah. Cubicle. yeah. I mean, again, it's it's a different life, but it's crazy to see. Well, no, not I mean, it's right, but it can be wrong. I know a lot of my friends who are like yeah. engineers, but they're super good in media and they're presenting and they're directors and. But it 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 will take them at that point that they need to do a decision to leave yeah, what they've worked on for like six years and get into something else. Well. The only difference with me that I've done that decision at the beginning, so I don't need to do something later on. And the older you get, the more pickier and more careful you become yeah, yeah. when it comes to decisions like this. Of course. So let's get into uh, filmmaking.
اول حاجه صلب الموضوع جاهزين The experience, uh, for example, in the movie Six Underground or some mm. of the movies that you've done, what is that experience like? Being a location manager, well, what is what is that like? Um, <clears throat> locations, <clears throat> sorry, locations is very interesting because that's everywhere in the movie industry. They'll tell you locations are the first people they come and the last people they leave. So we spend the most time with everyone. Like ops. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and at the very beginning, everyone will depend on us as locations because we start everything with the location. We establish all the relationship, what's, what can be done, what's not. Ah, so, so you even have to speak to, to the people in that location. And exactly. So it's not about just a site visit. And, and oh, visit. no, no, no. So it, it starts with, um, first of all, breaking that. For example, for me. Right, let's say um, when we film um, Six Underground. So Michael Bay, for example, he will send the script over and we look at the script. Michael Bay, for example. For example, yeah. yeah. I was like, and <clears throat> we love him so much, but mashallah, he, oof, he did so much hard work in Abu Dhabi. Yeah. <laughs> like you've seen the movie, like, whoa. Yeah. Anyway, so we'll send the script, we'll look at it and we'll see the locations that can be in Abu Dhabi and sometimes they will recommend. For example, in, in Six Underground, mm-hmm. Hong Kong was in Abu Dhabi. So how how does Hong Kong look in that script? So, okay, buildings, very modern, um, construction site, yada, yada. Okay, all these things we can work around and find the location in Abu Dhabi. And the more you have everything consolidated in one location, yeah, you, save, yeah, yeah, you save money. So that's the first thing. And then what happens is like, we go out as location manager, I'd go out, uh, recce, scout, look at the locations, take photos of it, and then send it to the director. He'll look at it, okay, I'm interested. And then we arrange for a visit for the director to come. And then Michael Bay came. It was uh, interesting, it was during Ramadan actually in that year. Um, We went, we saw the locations and everything is good. And then once they're interested, that's when the real work starts where we'll go to the locations, work on uh, an agreement, what do we want to do, what's possible, what's not. And and we need to speak about like, you know, proper uh, size of a Hollywood uh, feature film production. That's a lot of job that needs to be done. And, you know, you would have, for example, at least somewhere between 15 to 20 trucks, equipment, trailers and whatever, yeah. and catering, whatever. Any location, for example, Louvre, Abu Dhabi, you just, it's not an easy, you can't just walk there and start filming. You need, you know, 20 trucks parking and uh, generators, catering space. We have like around almost 150 to 200 uh, crew members, uh, goes up to 300. So we look into all these logistics and, and, and on the location as well, during the filming, you know, we are the link between the location. We know what they want. Um, and and what was the deal and then what the filmmakers had in any production in any location you always need to be that person to protect the location and protect the the uh, production themselves because sometimes they can just go google like for example we um, had an agreement to film in this room in the hotel and then during the filming day the next room the door was open and the director saw it and he liked it so he just decided to uh, take the crew and go there. So you will find me in the door. I'm like, nope, out. 
you know, you're not going in here because that was not part of the agreement. And I would know if if that. So we managed the location during the day, the crew making sure that every everyone knows where to go um, during the day. It's like a mini festival in every location you go. When All you have like, like three, yeah. 300, I mean, you know what, this, this part, this part of the, yeah, it's painful because it's, uh, it is our business. It's, it is what it is. You'll have prep. So we have prep, you know, we go and prepare the location, it takes two weeks sometimes. And then filming can take a day or two. And then you have like 300 or like 350 crew members with hotels and catering and yada yada. And we're blocking in Musaffa for in six underground, we blocked the entire block. You know, people were like, you know, had to remove their cars and it just, everyone was like, you know, what's happening? What's going on? And then when you see the movie, it's literally split of a second. I was just gonna say, I was just, just going to say, it's like all this for maybe two minutes or like three minutes in a movie. Well, that's why, you know, these movies cost a lot. Yeah. But then like for us, I'm like, okay, so that's it. Yeah. This is the two seconds. I mean, we know that this is how it will be, but. It's what the director sees and the actors like come at the end, you know, so they yeah, do the and, scene. And, and working with someone like Michael Bay, Michael Bay, he doesn't like graphic CGI generated stuff. And yeah, he, practical. he, he likes practical. wants real. Yeah, so that's effects. why everything we were working on was like, you know, real explosion here, explosion there, you know, I'm like, oh God. Yeah, was, I mean, some of the car flips in, the, in that movie and they were all the, real. The crashes and all that, it, they're all real. That reminded me, they're all real, they're all real. And and, and that reminded me of um, another production we worked on, Fast and the Furious, uh, yes. when we filmed it. So th there is that scene when you see in Etihad Towers, the car, the car goes, goes from one building to another building. So that was not real. Uh, that was not real. Now, during the, the scout or the recce that I told you with the director, we had the uh, location manager. No. Uh, yes, it was myself, the marketing manager, and the, I think, head of the hotel. I can't remember who from the management of the hotel. They were all there. And we were all sitting <clears throat> in that floor. It was completely empty. And the director was there. And the director was really cool and was very excited. And, and, and he's talking and he's looking at the window. And so until now, the management of the hotel, they don't know where we're filming. Like they don't know the script, right? Obviously the director knows. So he's looking at the windows like, yeah, well, hey, we'll bring the car here. And then the car will go from here to the other building. We'll come out from this and we'll go under. So that, that I was the location manager with, the, you know, the international location manager. And then the team from uh, the hotel, they came up to us and like, Samir, we did not talk about cars in here and jumping to the other building. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I know, I know, it's fine. It's like, no, 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 no. You cannot bring a car here where I don't know, like 22nd floor yeah, or something. It's yeah. like, no, no, no. Car from one window to another. I was like, no, no, this is not happening. It's fine. You'll be fine. So that was, that part was um, CGI. Yeah, CGI, yeah. Yeah. So I they mean, removed, it, they removed the yeah. window and they've just put, you know, so many different cameras and different angles. And then they, did it again in the studio out for Bababi. Yeah, I mean, as a spectacle scene, it's really cool. But yeah, it was. That movie was very special so because it did it did it. put Abu Dhabi in the map. You know, it mm -hmm. really did put Abu Dhabi in the map. Like we, we had some other movies, great like Star Wars, for example, which yeah. is amazing. But you know, Abu Dhabi was Jakku. So yeah, like, it was. Know. It wasn't didn't have the same uh, kind of set set locations that that the other films. Had. Yeah, and then for example, Six Underground. Uh, yeah, we had the Louvre, which was Abu Dhabi that part. Uh, but then the rest we did 
Hong Kong, there was uh, Nigeria, there was uh, all these locations were doubled. That was we call we call them double. So they they double for Nigeria, Afghanistan, uh, Kabul. They double for uh, you know different countries, Iraq, different countries in the Middle East. It this is what we're good at because you know you have the infrastructure, you have the equipment, you have the crew. you have the rebate, which basically we, as a government, our government, give them thirty percent back from whatever oh, they, wow. okay. from whatever they spend. So you have so many different advantages uh, coming here, and then all you need to do is change the signs and yeah. put some Chinese, for example, or something, and it's you're poof, you're in it. another uh, country. Nice. And then fifty minutes down the road, you're in the biggest desert you can think of. You know, twenty minutes, you're in a modern city, yeah, and then so thirty you can, minutes, you're on the beach, and everything is. Close, close to each other. 